chapter fourteen of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain as when a lion in his den hath heard the hunter's cries and rushes forth to meet his foes so did the douglas rise percy alice dunscombe did not find the second of the prisoners buried like griffith in sleep but he was seated on one of the old chairs that were in the apartment with his back to the door and apparently looking through the small window on the dark and dreary scenery over which the tempest was yet sweeping in its fury her approach was unheeded until the light from her lamp glared across his eyes when he started from his musing posture and advanced to meet her he was the first to speak i expected this visit he said when i found that you recognized my voice and i felt a deep assurance in my breast that alice dunscombe would never betray me his listener though expecting this confirmation of her conjectures was unable to make an immediate reply but she sank into the seat he had abandoned and waited a few moments as if to recover her powers it was then no mysterious warning no airy voice that mocked my ear but a dread reality she at length said why have you thus braved the indignation of the laws of your country on what errand of fell mischief has your ruthless temper again urged you to embark this is strong and cruel language coming from you to me alice dunscombe returned the stranger with cool asperity and the time has been when i should have been greeted after a shorter absence with milder terms i deny it not i cannot if i would conceal my infirmity from myself or you i hardly wish it to continue unknown to the world if i have once esteemed you if i have plighted to you my troth and in my confiding folly forgot my higher duties god has amply punished me for the weakness in your own evil deeds nay let not our meeting be embittered with useless and provoking recriminations said the other for we have much to say before you communicate the errand of mercy on which you have come hither i know you too well alice not to see that you perceive the peril in which i am placed and are willing to venture something for my safety your mother does she yet live she is gone in quest of my blessed father said alice covering her pale face with her hands they have left me alone truly for he who was to have been all to me was first false to his faith and has since become unworthy of my confidence the stranger became singularly agitated his usually quiet eye glancing hastily from the floor to the countenance of his companion as he paced the room with hurried steps at length he replied there is much perhaps to be said in explanation that you do not know i left the country because i found in it nothing but oppression and injustice and i could not invite you to become the bride 
of a wanderer without either name or fortune but i have now the opportunity of proving my truth you say you are alone be so no longer and try how far you were mistaken in believing that i should one day supply the place to you of both father and mother there is something soothing to a female ear in the offer of even protracted justice and alice spoke with less of acrimony in her tones during the remainder of their conference if not with less severity in her language you talk not like a man whose very life hangs but on a thread that the next minute may snap asunder whither would you lead me is it to the tower at london think not that i have weakly exposed my person without a sufficient protection returned the stranger with cool indifference there are many gallant men who only wait my signal to crush the paltry force of this officer like a worm beneath my feet then has the conjecture of colonel howard been true and the manner in which the enemy's vessels have passed the shoals is no longer a mystery you have been their pilot i have what would ye pervert the knowledge gained in the springtime of your guileless youth to the foul purpose of bringing desolation to the doors of those you once knew and respected john john is the image of the maiden whom in her morning of beauty and simplicity i believe you did love so faintly impressed that it cannot soften your hard heart to the misery of those among whom she has been born and who compose her little world not a hair of theirs shall be touched not a thatch shall blaze nor shall a sleepless night befall the vilest among them and all for your sake alice england comes to this contest with a seared conscience and bloody hands but all shall be forgotten for the present when both opportunity and power offer to make her feel our vengeance even in her vitals i came on no such errand what then has led you blindly into snares where all your boasted aid would avail you nothing for should i call aloud your name even here in the dark and dreary passages of this obscure edifice the cry would echo through the country ere the morning and a whole people would be found in arms to punish your audacity my name has been sounded and that in no gentle strains returned the pilot scornfully when a whole people have quailed at it the craven cowardly wretches flying before the man they had wronged i have lived to bear the banners of the new republic proudly in sight of the three kingdoms when practised skill and equal arms have in vain struggled to pluck it down i alice the echoes of my guns are still roaring among your eastern hills and would render my name more appalling than inviting to your sleeping yeoman boast not of the momentary success that the arm of god has yielded to your unhallowed efforts said alice for a day of severe and heavy retribution must follow nor flatter yourself with the idle hope that your name terrible as ye have rendered it to the virtuous is sufficient of itself to drive the thoughts of home and country and kin from all who hear it nay i know not that even now in listening to you i am not forgetting a solemn duty which would teach me to proclaim your presence 
that the land might know that her unnatural son is a dangerous burden in her bosom the pilot turned quickly in his short walk and after reading her countenance with the expression of one who felt his security he said in gentler tones would that be alice dunscombe would that be like the mild generous girl whom i knew in my youth but i repeat the threat would fail to intimidate even if you were capable of executing it i have said that it is only to make the signal to draw around me a force sufficient to scatter these dogs of soldiers to the four winds of heaven have you calculated your power justly john said alice unconsciously betraying her deep interest in his safety have you reckoned the probability of mr dillon's arriving accompanied by an armed band of horsemen with the morning sun for it's no secret in the abbey that he has gone in quest of such assistance dillon exclaimed the pilot starting who is he and on what suspicion does he seek this addition to your guard nay john look not at me as if you would know the secrets of my heart it was not i who prompted him to such a step you cannot for a moment think that i would betray you but too surely he has gone and as the night wears rapidly away you should be using the hour of grace to effect our own security fear not for me alice returned the pilot proudly while a faint smile struggled around his compressed lip and yet i like not this movement either how call you his name dillon is he a minion of king george he is john what you are not a loyal subject of his sovereign lord the king and though a native of the revolted colonies he has preserved his virtue uncontaminated amid the corruptions and temptations of the times an american and disloyal to the liberties of the human race by heaven he had better not cross me for if my arm reach him it shall hold him forth as a spectacle of treason to the world and has not the world enough of such a spectacle in yourself are ye not even now breathing your native air though lurking through the mists of the island with desperate intent against its peace and happiness a dark and fierce expression of angry resentment flashed from the eyes of the pilot and even his iron frame seemed to shake with emotion as he answered call you his dastardly and selfish treason aiming as it does to aggrandize a few at the expense of millions a parallel case to the generous ardor that impels a man to fight in the defence of sacred liberty i might tell you that i am armed in the common cause of my fellow-subjects and countrymen that though an ocean divided us in distance yet are we a people of the same blood and children of the same parents and that the hand which oppresses one inflicts an injury on the other but i disdain all such narrow apologies i was born on this orb and i claim to be a citizen of it a man with a soul not to be limited by the arbitrary boundaries of tyrants and hirelings but one who has the right as well as the inclination to grapple with oppression in whose name soever it is exercised or in whatever hollow and specious shape it founds its claim to abuse our race ah john john though this may sound like reason to rebellious ears to mine it seemeth only as the ravings of insanity it is in vain ye build up your new and disorganizing systems of rule or rather misrule which are opposed to all that the world has ever yet done or ever will see done in peace and happiness 
what avail your subtleties and false reasonings against the heart it is the heart which tells us where our home is and how to love it you talk like a weak and prejudiced woman alice said the pilot more composedly and one who would shackle nations with the ties that bind the young and feeble of your own sex together and by what holier or better bond can they be united said alice are not the relations of domestic life of god's establishing and have not the nations grown from families as branches spread from the stem till the tree overshadows the land tis an ancient and sacred tie that binds man to his nation neither can it be severed without infamy the pilot smiled disdainfully and throwing open the rough exterior of his dress he drew forth in succession several articles while a glowing pride lighted his countenance as he offered them singly to her notice see alice he said call you this infamy this broad sheet of parchment is stamped with a seal of no mean importance and it bears the royal name of the princely louis also and view this cross decorated as it is with jewels the gift of the same illustrious hand it is not apt to be given to the children of infamy neither is it wise or decorous to stigmatize a man who has not been thought unworthy to consort with princes and nobles by the opprobrious name of the scotch pirate and have ye not earned the title john by ruthless deeds and bitter animosity i could kiss the baubles ye show me if they were a thousand times less splendid had they been laid upon your breast by the hands of your lawful prince but now they appear to my eyes as indelible blots upon your attainted name as for your associates i have heard of them and it seemeth that a queen might be better employed than encouraging by her smiles the disloyal subjects of other monarchs though even her enemies god only knows when his pleasure may suffer a spirit of disaffection to rise up among the people of her own nation and then the thought that she has encouraged rebellion may prove both bitter and unwelcome that the royal and lovely antoinette has deigned to repay my services with a small portion of her gracious approbation is not among the least of my boasts returned the pilot in affected humility while secret pride was manifested even in his lofty attitude but venture not a syllable in her dispraise for you know not whom you censure she is less distinguished by her illustrious birth and elevated station than by her virtues and loveliness she lives the first of her sex in europe the daughter of an emperor the consort of the most powerful king and the smiling and beloved patroness of a nation who worship at her feet her life is above all reproach as it is above all earthly punishment were she so lost as to merit it and it has been the will of providence to place her far beyond the reach of all human misfortunes has it placed her above human errors john punishment is the natural and inevitable consequence of sin and unless she can say more than has ever fallen to the lot of humanity to say truly she may yet be made to feel the chastening arm of one to whose eyes all her pageantry and power are as vacant as the air she breathes so insignificant must it seem when compared to his own just rule but if you vaunt that you have been permitted to kiss the hem of the robes of the french queen and have been the companion of high-born and flaunting ladies clad in their richest array can ye yet say to yourself that amid them all ye have found 
one whose tongue has been bold to tell you the truth or whose heart has sincerely joined in her false professions certainly none have met me with the reproaches that i have this night received from alice dunscombe after a separation of six long years returned the pilot if i have spoken to you the words of holy truth john let them not be the less welcome because they are strangers to your ears oh think that she who has thus dared to use the language of reproach to one whose name is terrible to all who live on the border of this island is led to the rash act by no other motive than interest in your eternal welfare alice alice you madden me with these foolish speeches am i a monster to frighten unprotected women and helpless children what mean these epithets as coupled with my name have you too lent a credulous ear to the vile calumnies with which the policy of your rulers has ever attempted to destroy the fair fame of those who oppose them and those chiefly who oppose them with success my name may be terrible to the officers of the royal fleet but where and how have i earned a claim to be considered formidable to the helpless and unoffending alice dunscombe cast a furtive and timid glance at the pilot which spoke even stronger than her words as she replied i know not that all which is said of you and your deeds is true i have often prayed in bitterness and sorrow that a tenth part of that which is laid to your charge may not be heaped on your devoted head at the great and final account but john i have known you long and well and heaven forbid that on this solemn occasion which may be the last the last of our earthly interviews i should be found wanting in christian duty through a woman's weakness i have often thought when i have heard the gall of bitter reproach and envenomed language hurled against your name that they who spoke so rashly little understood the man they vituperated but though ye are at times and i may say almost always as mild and even as the smoothest sea over which ye have ever sailed yet god has mingled in your nature a fearful mixture of fierce passions which roused are more like the southern waters when troubled with the tornado it is difficult for me to say how far this evil spirit may lead a man who has been goaded by fancied wrongs to forget his country and home and who is suddenly clothed with power to show his resentments the pilot listened with rooted attention and his piercing eye seemed to reach the seat of those thoughts which she but half expressed still he retained the entire command of himself and answered more in sorrow than in anger if anything could convert me to your own peaceful and unresisting opinions alice it would be the reflections that offer themselves at this conviction that even you have been led by the base tongues of my dastardly enemies to doubt my honour and conduct what is fame when a man can be thus traduced to his nearest friends but no more of these childish reflections they are unworthy of myself my office and the sacred cause in which i have enlisted nay john shake them not off said alice unconsciously laying her hand on his arm they are as the dew to the parched herbage and may freshen the feelings of your youth and soften the heart that has grown hard if hard it be more by unnatural indulgence than its own base inclinations alice dunscombe said the pilot approaching her with solemn earnestness i have learnt much this night though i came not in quest of such knowledge you have taught me how powerful is the breath of the slanderer how frail is the tenure by which we hold our good names full twenty times have i met the hirelings of your prince in open battle fighting ever 
manfully under that flag which was first raised to the breeze by my own hands and which i thank my god i have never yet seen lowered an inch but with no one act of cowardice or private wrong in all that service can i reproach myself and yet how am i rewarded the tongue of the vile calumniator is keener than the sword of the warrior and leaves a more indelible scar never have ye uttered a truer sentiment john and god send that ye may encourage such thoughts to your own eternal advantage said alice with engaging interest you say that you have risked your precious life in twenty combats and observe how little of heaven's favour is bestowed on the abettors of rebellion they tell me that the world has never witnessed a more desperate and bloody struggle than this last for which your name has been made to sound to the furthermost ends of the isle twill be known wherever naval combats are spoken of interrupted the pilot the melancholy which had begun to lower in his countenance giving place to a look of proud exultation and yet its fancied glory cannot shield your name from wrong nor are the rewards of the victor equal in a temporal sense to those which the vanquished has received know you that our gracious monarch deeming your adversary's cause so sacred has extended to him his royal favour ay he has dubbed him knight exclaimed the pilot with a scornful and bitter laugh let him be again furnished with a ship and me with another opportunity and i promise him an earldom if being again vanquished can constitute a claim speak not so rashly nor vaunt yourself of possessing a protecting power that may desert you john when you most need it and least expect to change returned his companion the battle is not always to the strong neither is the race to the swift forget you my good alice that your words will admit of a double meaning has the battle been to the strong though you say not well in denying the race to the swift yes yes often and again have the dastards escaped me by their prudent speed alice dunscombe you know not a thousandth part of the torture that i have been made to feel by high-born miscreants who envy the merit they cannot equal and detract from the glory of deeds that they dare not attempt to emulate how have i been cast upon the ocean like some unworthy vessel that is commissioned to do a desperate deed and then to bury itself in the ruin it has made how many malignant hearts have triumphed as they beheld my canvas open thinking that it was spread to hasten me to a gibbet or to a tomb in the bosom of the ocean but i have disappointed them the eyes of the pilot no longer gazed with their piercing and subtle meaning but they flashed with a fierce and wild pleasure as he continued in a louder voice yes bitterly have i disappointed them oh the triumph over my fallen enemies has been tamed to this heartfelt exultation which places me immeasurably above those false and craven hypocrites i begged i implored the frenchmen for the meanest of their craft which possessed but the common qualities of a ship of war i urged the policy and necessity of giving me such a force for even then i promised to be found in harm's way but envy and jealousy robbed me of my just dues and of more than half my glory they call me pirate if i have claim to the name it was furnished more by the paltry outfit of my friends than by any act towards my enemies and do not these recollections prompt you to return to your allegiance to your prince and native land john said alice in a subdued voice away with the silly thought interrupted the pilot recalled to himself as if by a sudden conviction of the weakness he had betrayed 
it is ever thus where men are made conspicuous by their works but to your visit i have the power to rescue myself and companions from this paltry confinement and yet i would not have it done with violence for your sake bring you the means of doing it in quiet when the morning arrives you will all be conducted to the apartment where we first met this will be done at the solicitation of miss howard under the plea of compassion and justice and with the professed object of inquiring into your situations her request will not be refused and while your guard is stationed at the door you will be shown by another entrance through the private apartments of the wing to a window whence you can easily leap to the ground where a thicket is at hand afterwards we shall trust your safety to your own discretion and if this dylan of whom you have spoken should suspect the truth how will you answer to the law for aiding our escape i believe he little dreams who is among the prisoners said alice musing though he may have detected the character of one of your companions but it is private feeling rather than public spirit that urges him on i have suspected something of this returned the pilot with a smile that crossed those features where ungovernable passions that had so lately been exhibited with an effect that might be likened to the last glimmering of an expiring conflagration serving to render the surrounding ruin more obvious this young griffith has led me from my direct path with his idle imprudence and it is right that his mistress should incur some risk but with you alice the case is different here you are only a guest and it is unnecessary that you should be known in the unfortunate affair should my name get abroad this recreant american this colonel howard will find all the favour he has purchased by advocating the cause of tyranny necessary to protect him from the displeasure of the ministry i fear to trust so delicate a measure to the young discretion of my amiable friend said alice shaking her head remember that she has her attachment to plead in her excuse but dare you say to the world that you still remember with gentle feelings the man whom you stigmatized with such opprobrious epithets a slight colour gleamed over the brow of alice dunscombe as she uttered in a voice that was barely audible there is no longer a reason why the world should know of such a weakness though it did exist and as the faint glow passed away leaving her face pale nearly as the hue of death her eyes kindled with unusual fire and she added they can but take my life john and that i am ready to lay down in your service alice exclaimed the softened pilot my kind my gentle alice the knock of the sentinel at the door was heard at this critical moment without waiting for a reply to his summons the man entered the apartment and in hurried language declared the urgent necessity that existed for the lady to retire a few brief remonstrances were uttered by both alice and the pilot who wished to comprehend more clearly each other's intentions relative to the intended escape but the fear of personal punishment rendered the soldier obdurate and a dread of exposure at length induced the lady to comply she arose and was leaving the apartment with lingering steps when the pilot touching her hand whispered to her impressively alice we meet again before i leave this island for ever we meet in the morning john she returned in the same tone of voice in the apartments of miss howard he dropped her hand and she glided from the room when the impatient sentinel closed the door and silently turned the key on his prisoner the pilot remained in a listening attitude until the light footsteps of the retiring pair were no longer audible when he placed his confined apartment with perturbed steps occasionally pausing to look out at the driving clouds and the groaning oaks that were trembling and rocking their broad arms in the fitful gusts of the gale 
in a few minutes the tempest in his own passions had gradually subsided to the desperate and still calmness that made him the man he was when he again seated himself where alice had found him and began to muse on the events of the times from which the transition to projecting schemes of daring enterprise and mighty consequences was but the usual employment of his active and restless mind End of chapter fourteen